0: Hello and welcome to another episode of NCC Audio. I am your host, Nick Chamberlain. And today we continue the series on talking with audio engineers, and we're going to learn about how they got into this industry and how they're making a living doing that. And today we are speaking with John True of johntruemusic.com. So, John, he is an audio engineer, a musician, and a producer who helps artists find their sound and release music they can be proud of. So, hey, John, how's it going? Hey, there. I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just still trying to survive during this quarantine lifestyle. How has it been for you and your family? It definitely definitely got a little
1: crazy there for a minute, um, but it's been it's been good. Um yeah, the whole thing kind of changed my wife's schedule quite a bit. So, you know, being me being a freelancer, just kind of had to take some time to adjust. But um, unlike everyone else in the world, my wife is working more than she was before. And so I had to figure out ways of childcare and adjusting and finding a
0: new normal. So, yeah, it's been very weird trying to find our new normal as, where, as well. So, my wife, she's doing like teletherapy. And then <laughs> I'm trying to do my work and trying to keep the kids quiet. And, It's just been, I don't know, you know, a little difficult. Have you seen it as like a big struggle or are you trying to think outside of the box and try to like expand your business at this time? How has it been treating your business? Um, You know, I'm fortunate that
1: as of right now, I haven't lost any work from it. Um, I've had a couple projects that like pushed back start dates, but I actually think they would have probably pushed back their start dates with or without this. Um, Like it's kind of one of those like, yeah. So I don't, I haven't really seen any negative impact on my business. Um, so it took me a little while to kind of balance out was the last month I haven't done any, I haven't done any pushing for like continued growth of my business. Cause it took a while to figure out just how to balance life. Yeah. Um, so you know, the, the amount of like leads or new work coming in is a little slow right now, just cause I wasn't kind of feeding that over the last month.
0: Yeah. So let's start at where you are at currently. So right now, you're a full-time producer and you're renting a space out in Kensington in San Diego, California. Is that correct? Yeah, that's all correct. Wow. So let's learn about how you even, how do you even get to that spot in the first place? Like to have your own commercial space to rent and you're a full-time audio engineer, producer. So tell us, um, start from the beginning. When did you get into audio engineering? Man, um... I mean, I think
1: kind of like everything, it's always been just like a long evolution. I mean, I think I first started messing around with, you know, different DAW software somewhere in like middle school or high school and just kind of was like plugging stuff. I think I got like Pro Tools LE6 or something like that as a present with an Mbox and, you know, started messing around. I honestly didn't figure anything out um, (laughs) and made nothing worthwhile on that system. But like, you know, it was a start. Um, Yeah um then yeah then in high school I had someone teach me some stuff about working in reason and that kind of got me a little more interested in kind of doing like seeing what you could do with like synthesizers and all of that
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes yeah, so and like I went to college and my degree was actually in music so I did a degree in like piano performance and composition
0: okay yeah where'd you go to college
1: um I went to college at Point Loma Nazarene University here in San Diego okay here in San yep. Diego yeah so
0: piano performance cool
1: Yeah, so I did that, kind of always knowing that I wanted to do more of like the musical side, like the composition, the writing, um, the creative side. Um, And honestly, audio for me was always a way of continuing working on the creative side. And so I got into doing audio so that I could be making my own records for free. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then eventually I was getting pretty good at it and started realizing I could, you know, charge people for it. Wow, yeah. Um, But it wasn't really like a big long plan of what Mm -hmm. to do. Um, it was the the goal was always like creating my own music and creating, you know, kind of learning to do stuff for myself. And then the business kind of ended up coming around it through other people who I just knew. Um, I don't let to say like I had mentors along the way. I had people that I reached out to help me learn stuff. Like, it's not like I learned everything on my own. Like I wouldn't be here without, you know, having some people who really kind of showed me the ropes when I was asking questions.
0: Yeah. I kind of followed the same path as well. I was, um, Uh, I've been a drummer and a percussionist my whole life. And when I entered into college, I entered into college as a percussion performance major. Nice. But then my path was leading down towards, well, you're either going to be a band director or play in a symphony orchestra. And I was like, okay, I know I don't want those two different paths, but I still want to play the drums and I want to do music. And so, how do I combine both of these? And luckily, there's a program at Texas State in San Marcos, Texas, where it was the sound recording technology program, and so you actually had to major in a an instrument, and so which was really good for me because I was already halfway through it, and so then I was able to start learning about the technology side about music, and so I combined those both into kind of like a, a new love for music and audio production.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um- yeah, that's actually, my last year at Point Loma, they were just starting like a commercial music program. And that was, so my last year that I was there, I took a year of like kind of Pro Tools and then private film composition lessons, which kind of got me Oh wow! a way more of a solid grounding in the program and, you know, kind of running Pro Tools and running that type of production. Um, so just yeah. super worthwhile. Like that's one thing I've been thinking about is that I think there's a lot of benefit to like a music degree. Like, you know, I would like people ask all the time, like whether or not I regret doing like a degree in music, and I'm like, honestly, no. For me, like I couldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't have that degree and that training. Like, mm-hmm. not saying you couldn't get that training somewhere else because you can. Yeah, and I probably paid more for it than I needed to, but for me, <laughs> me like too. I I needed that training.
0: Like, yeah. Um. So would you say your schooling is where you learn the most about being an audio engineer? Um. Not audio engineering. Oh, no. okay.
1: Audio okay. engineering, I think I learned almost entirely outside of school. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, so the schooling I learned just a bit about running Pro Tools really is the goal of like being a composer in Pro Tools,
0: which really isn't too tied to audio engineering. They're kind of two different worlds. Um, so how did you learn to, how to use all this audio equipment? So right now I'm looking at your studio. You have multiple keyboards, multiple preamps and compressors. <laughs> you have a nice microphone setup. up. Okay, it looks great. Yeah. How did you learn how to use all this technology?
1: Yeah, I... So right after college, I started working at a, uh, at a church. Okay. And then, so they hired me. I'd kind of always been around audio stuff. I mean, growing up, I was playing in bands and I was doing all this stuff. And so I, you know, already kind of knew like where to plug an XLR cable into a sound system and how to gain up a preamp and how to do that sort of stuff. Like just from kind of being around it. Um, you know, seeing all that. But then, so I got hired at a church, uh, just to, to be an assistant to their sound tech. So I wasn't like the head engineer or anything at the church, but I was there kind of running cables and doing setups and doing all this other stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. And the cool part, like this guy was a really accomplished engineer. Um, yeah, he's just re- really, really talented both in a studio and out. And so like, I just got to spend hours, you know, when we'd be setting up a stage for a big, big performance or a big show or a big service or whatever. I just spend hours picking his brain about things. And I'd be like, so if I do a compressor like this, what does that end up doing? Or like, if I'm needing to EQ out this type of thing, how does that happen? Or like, what's the difference between these types of microphones?
0: Um, yeah, that, that's honestly pro- probably one of the best ways to learn. It's just like one-on-one hands-on for sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So that's,
0: yeah, I didn't really, yeah, I went through the program. But even when I got out of the program, I was like, okay, So how did this stuff work still? It wasn't until like halfway working in the real world that I was like starting to make connections about how everything works. Yeah, and I think that was something I
1: was getting at when I was talking about like schooling is that I really think that music music degrees right now I really think should have like at least a year of required like home recording class. Because I think it's just such a shame that like you're training at these musicians to like play incredible stuff. And then in 2020, like you need to be able to record and produce and all that on your own. Like if you want to be successful, you need to have some skill at doing it on your own.
0: Yeah. And now at what point, so you have all these audio skills now you're learning and doing everything. At what point did you say, Oh, I'm kind of good at this. I think I could actually start making money from what I'm doing.
1: Um, there's kind of two different points in that for me. Um, yeah, I'm trying. To, it was about a year after I graduated college that I had a friend who had just kind of heard some of the stuff I'd been working on on my own, and like we had been kind of working. Uh, we we taught at a at like a after school music program, so we kind of knew each other through that. And she had just heard some of my music, um, mm. and then so she approached me, just kind of being like, "Hey, like I'm wanted to kind of record this project, and I'd love to have you record it for me." Um, it's kind of out of nowhere, and so then. You know, then there was the question of how much do you charge for that? And I was like, um, I, I charge for that? Right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I ended up charging her like $400 a song or something like that, which I mean... What?
0: For your very first client? <laughs> That's intense.
1: You know, I didn't know better um, and I didn't know what going rates were, so I just went for it and... That's it,
0: amazing. <laughs> um, I wish I had that yeah. kind of like... like i I didn't want to say ignorance but that kind of like unknowing because i was like too scared to charge i was like well i'll do your first couple songs for free and then uh 25 afterwards (laughs) (laughs) well i mean these were
1: these were more involved like i was doing full arrangements i was doing so it wasn't i wasn't just recording her guitar and vocal and then sending her a mix you know or whatever like i was i was really coming in as the producer of the record you know it wasn't just hiring me for that,
0: so she would provide for you her lyrics and the song structure, and then you would evalu evaluate it and just kind of pick it apart and like tell her how to shape her song, or did you do that at all?
1: Um a little bit of both I mean the way that process the way that process worked is um she came in and we recorded her scratch tracks kind of either on guitar or keyboard, and then on mm. then we did her vocal um 'cause so she played an instrument and kind of had the songs mostly written. But um, she didn't have arrangements for like a rest of a band or a rest of a thing. But she wanted she wanted it to be a full band project. But she didn't necessarily have it arranged for that. And so then I came in and helped her, you know, really put together the songs around everything.
0: Um, okay, so it was like a singer songwriter, and yeah. then she wanted a full production. Okay, yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, so that was kind of that was like my first like paid project for it, um, which was pretty cool. And actually, I still like the music I did from that project. Like, it's one of those like it's impressive
0: that. My very first project, I look back on it and I'm like, hey, actually, I still like this music. It holds up. That's awesome. Yeah, not a lot of people can say that. Uh, what year was this or how long ago was that project? Um, I think I started that in
1: 2014, something like that. So it was like okay. six years ago.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah
1: 14 or 15. I don't, I'd have to look back to figure out exactly when we started it.
0: Yeah, somewhere around there. And so you started... After that, did you start to have more of these little side projects, or did you just have that one and you're just working on your own music? How did that process look up until you were building up to like more and more clients? Um, I had a couple more, couple more come through. It was slower at at that time.
1: I really had absolutely no idea on any sort of marketing or finding more people to work with. I kind of had. Honestly, I had the idea that like, oh, like once I start doing good work, like it'll just trickle down and word of mouth and suddenly I'll have more people. And honestly, that's not how it works. (laughs) 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 That doesn't function and you aren't going to get a lot of clients that way. Um, At least not in my experience. Yeah. So really what happened, like I kept working on my own music kind of as I was working on this EP for this person, I was doing an EP for myself. And then I had a few more little kind of one-off things that would come through that were kind of word of mouth or like random connections here and there, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't really, honestly, that like that phase, I really wanted it to take off and become full time then, but I didn't have the like business sense to make that happen at that point.
0: Okay. And at this time, did you have a full time job doing something else? Yeah, I was teaching. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so you're at that teaching point. and you're doing music. And then after your first client, you started thinking, oh, I might want to do this full time. When yeah. did you, when did that, okay, so that idea crossed your mind, how long past that first project until you were like, okay, I want to do this full time. Cause so that's a very scary feeling as an audio engineer to get to that time <laughs> point. If you're like, all right, I think I might want to try to do this full time now. I think I always knew that it's what I wanted to do full time. So it wasn't, it wasn't as
1: much of like a, oh, realizing like, oh, I should do this full time. It was like, I always knew that that was the goal. And so, like, I I never wanted, like, for me, like, teaching. I knew teaching wasn't what I was going to end up doing. It was just the job I got in my senior year of college that you know paid decent money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, you know, that that was that. Like, it was never a job that I was wanting to do as a long term career. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I always knew that you know I wanted to be doing more production, audio engineering, composition. Um, Like I said, for like for me, like audio engineering was always second to music. So I've always I've always learned engineering skills to serve music
0: okay yeah that makes sense
1: and it's never been it's never been the other way around for me like I never was I never was the guy that was super passionate about great signal quality or a super clean signal flow or the perfect EQ
0: yeah
1: I'm getting a little more obsessed with that now as like things keep <laughs> developing but like it didn't start for me with like a passion for audio it started for me with a passion for music yeah. and then the audio skills I just realized I needed to develop them to serve the music if that makes sense.
0: Um. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. I mean, I feel like that's how it is for, I don't know, for a lot of people for sure. Mm -hmm. Especially, well, I've seen a lot of people who are just musicians and they don't care at all about the engineering side and they just go find their perfect engineer to make them sound great. Mm -hmm. And I know some engineers who they just want it to sound great and they're just (laughs) not so focused on the music. So that's a great talent for you. You're you know, to have the both combined, and you're really just feeding your music, and the audio engineer skills are just kind of developing as you want to create more and more music. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, I still want to talk about how you built your business. Like, when did you um, start full-time uh, producing? Yeah, so this is where things get a little a little
1: funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So like I said, I kind of, I did a few projects in like 2014, 15, 16, kind of in those few years, kind of a few little one-off projects, which like, yeah. I liked them at the time. Like, you know, they were good money when they came in, but it wasn't ever like something that was like, oh, I could actually live on this full time. Um, but then, so the, as far as like my story goes, there's kind of this pause where <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I had actually accepted a position where we were working for a nonprofit in Costa Rica. Um, which okay. seems, yeah, it's kind of like a detour, but we were uh, going there to, like, I was kind of helping them build, like, a music school, and then my wife was working with their special education thing, and it just seemed like a cool opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like, literally, like, the week after we accepted that position, we found out that my wife was pregnant. Okay, nice. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. So,
1: like, we went through the pregnancy, uh, had our had our baby, and then a few months after the baby was born, moved to Costa Rica. Oh, um, Wow. Yeah, you no, no, no. So, a
0: newborn in Costa Rica.
1: Yes, so no, like we're, we were crazy. And <laughs> at this point, at this point, like honestly, I really wasn't focusing on building like a business about audio. I was mm-hmm. still writing my own music. I was still working on mm-hmm. stuff for myself. But I really wasn't trying to build like a full time business around audio. Like my yeah. world is more preoccupied with this other stuff. Um, <laughs> Just a little new yeah. living yeah. human being. Yeah, and n- trying new to living. Hum- <laughs> exactly, new living human being in a country. You know, learning <laughs> learning a new language. All these things. Um, super great. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so then it was honestly, it was like, we were actually supposed to be living in Costa Rica for we're, our initial contract was like three years, I think, um, which clearly we are so we wow. would technically still be living there, but we ended up deciding to move back earlier and kind of leave our contract it just ended up not being the right fit. Yeah. Like, it, you know, if you have kids that just changes your whole world. And yep. you don't yep, realize, yep, yep. so, you know, we accepted as a young married couple to move to another country and didn't realize just how crazy it was going to be to do that move with a new human and oh the sacrifice involved, yep. you know, with not being around grandparents and family. You know, it just ended up being, like, not the right time, not the right fit.
0: Um, yeah. Wow. That's a like... Yeah. It's a crazy story. And so then (laughs) after Costa Rica, you made it back to San Diego. Yes. And so that's when I
1: actually started trying to build a business around audio because suddenly I am flying in from another country. Literally all my possessions fit in two suitcases and moved in with my parents who luckily they have a pretty large house and they had, you know, a whole downstairs like basement area we could rent. So we kind of had, we had our own space, but, um, okay. You know, moved into an expensive city with a family and no job or income or <laughs> anything. Because welcome back to San Diego. <laughs> um, the thing we had planned to build up for, you know, we planned to be in Costa Rica for years. Like I didn't have a plan in San Diego for how to, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this wasn't a part of the plan. Um, and so honestly, like we flew back in and I, had, you know, had a good conversation with my wife where I was like, I can go find a job. I can go get a teaching job. Pretty much anywhere i want overnight you know they're not hard to find um Mm -hmm. at least not in my experience um he's like but i also know that i'm never going to have another opportunity to build this business i want to build like this where i have a completely clean slate where i don't have any like we were living with my parents which like we were paying them rent but if something happened and we weren't weren't able to like they (laughs) went to fought us too hard (laughs) yeah um you know we, we actually never missed any rent payments which is again i didn't Proud of that. But um we knew that we had some social security where it was like, Mm -hmm. if this fails, we're not gonna be on the street. Yeah. Like we're gonna be okay. Yeah. So you know, I just said, Can you give me six months to try to figure it out and we'll reassess in six months? And that's (laughs) that's kind of just our standard agreement, is like every six months we look at it and go like, is this working? And (laughs) (laughs) wow, that's super intense. That was only we flew back, what was that? It was Thanksgiving 2018. Okay. It was when we flew back. I really didn't start trying to build anything until January 1st, 2019, because we just kind of took the, you know, holidays
0: off. So I've only been at this for a little over a year, you know, a year and a half. Wow. So you've gone from your parents' uh, basement. Were you doing some work there in your parents' basement? Mm-hmm. And then you moved up to, you got your own house or your own place to rent?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So now we're renting, renting our own place. Um and
0: you were doing some music work there. Yeah, I was doing some music work there. Although, is that where you built up your business mainly, or?
1: Yeah, it was kind of two things. Like the, um, I was do, I was building up my own business as far as like my own client base and doing some of my own you know work with artists. Um, but also right when we flew back in town, again I had nothing to lose, so I cold called every single studio in San Diego and um, actually made a bunch of good connections that. The studio I'm renting out of right now is someone I met off of one of those cold calls and like he liked me and did all that. And, oh, wow.
0: What were you asking um, them for the doing these cold calls? What were you looking for? I was just saying like, hey, I'm John. I'm kind of new back in town and I'm
1: an engineer and producer and just kind of wanted to meet up with people. And okay. Surprisingly, every, pretty much everyone answered the phone. Most people were down to grab coffee and hang out. And then um, mm-hmm. I ended up finding, uh, finding someone or someone was a perfect fit at the time where they were you know they were a studio owner um had a really world-class facility here in san diego and they needed someone who knew the electronic side of production to be able to come in and work on a project and they didn't have anyone so oh wow
0: what do you mean by that the electronic side of production
1: um like working with midi stuff and synthesizers like so so basically he had a pop artist who was you know they we were doing production for okay um her name's bella k but um so that we had this pop artist doing this production for but um and he was a really good engineer and a really good producer but didn't have any clue how to make a modern pop song
0: oh uh, okay if that makes okay. sense like the yeah. actual
1: like process and technology pro- oh, okay. of doing that like he's yeah. like i can hear the sounds in my head and i can tell you what's good or what's not or where to go but like i don't know how to make it
0: yeah okay that makes sense <sighs> so yeah
1: so i ended up uh, working up there with him it was a studio in escondido i worked up there for mm-hmm. most of last year um and then for a variety of reasons, left that place in January. Now I've been completely on my own. But
0: um, In January 2020?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, but like while I was working up there, I was still building up my own client base outside of it. So.
0: so how did you start to learn how to even build your own business? Like that's a pretty intense thing also to build your own business.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, well, to be honest,
1: I hired a business coach. Okay. Um, yeah. I I you mean, know, I was doing a bunch of stuff. I was listening to the 6-figure home studio mm-hmm. podcast, which I think is actually where we got connected was their yep. Facebook community. Um, so I was listening to them and then I was reading a bunch of books. So, yep. you know, yeah, I was reading um uh Donald Miller's stuff, um following his podcast. I was uh I know I got into um 4-hour work week, mm-hmm. um or some of the other ones that I Yeah, I mean, just a variety of business books that I was kind of constantly yeah, You know, constantly reading and consuming, but then kind of knowing knowing that I needed to build this fast and I really didn't have a plan B or an option to, like, fail. Like, that was kind of the thing is I didn't have a fallback plan.
0: So I yeah. was like... <laughs> w- when did you start listening to these podcasts and reading these books?
1: Actually, about a month before we moved home from Costa Rica.
0: Oh, perfect timing.
1: Yeah. So I was like, I, like, I knew that I was going to need to build this. So I was like, this is going to be the next thing.
0: So, I'm going to start doing all this reading and research before I'm actually having to do it. That's perfect timing. I started reading these books and listening to these podcasts, I want to say in maybe November of 2019. So, pretty mm-hmm. recently. And since then, it's just been like hardcore going for it. Like, you know, you have that energy and that drive and like this like passion after yep. all these people who are like making it happen. And so, I'm also that's what I'm interested in also is just like reaching out to these people who are making it happen, just trying mm-hmm. to figure out like how they're doing it, how you're doing it. And like, I'm trying to learn from you as well. And hopefully people who are listening to this, they're like, okay, well I can kind of see the steps that people are taking in order to make this happen. Yeah. And that's,
1: yeah, I think honestly the biggest difference is like, you just have to go for it mm-hmm. and kind of not have a fallback plan. Cause you have to be like, no, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've got to be, you've got to be smart about it and you've got to really, work your ass off and you've got to do all sorts of stuff to make it happen um and it's not easy there's been plenty of months where i've been like should i be doing this i don't know if this makes any sense (laughs) um but then i get a new project and go okay well we're fine for this month so let's keep
0: moving and just like make it (laughs) pushing on yeah um okay so the podcast and the books and then the business coach so i think i'm kind of at that step also i've i've been reading books. I've been listening. I've been hyping everything up for like, you know, my business. I'm trying to figure things out. Um, I had four clients at the beginning of this year and I said, well, I just want to double that. And then I read another book called (laughs) 10 X rule. This guy's kind of crazy. And then he's like, you know what? No, you know, 10 times. that. I was like, okay, so I don't want four more. I want 40 more. And so I just like have these big goals. And so I started reading that book the last two weeks. And so within two weeks I have five new clients. So nice. you just got to think like way, like put your goals w- way above and beyond and just try to hit those. And so it's like kind of giving me even more like, you know, like some kind of with the, when the success comes, it just <laughs> helps build on to the energy to continue to work harder. Yeah. And I think the
1: biggest thing, to, like the biggest thing, and the hardest thing at least to learn for me is just the how, how to do lead generation and how to yeah. find people and so it's kind of working on that and that was kind of the stuff that you know the business coach I was working with really taught me like he taught me a lot of stuff but it was yeah
0: so yeah so I feel like that's the point I'm at also I just kind of started this business now it's like how do I actually run it how do I actually grow it and so now it's time for me to learn that aspect mm -hmm. and and it sounds like you're 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 one step ahead of me which is good because I want to like learn how to do this so how do you find a a business coach to better your business what does that even mean to hire a business coach <laughs> it's a good question <laughs> um honestly i found i found the guy i'm working
1: with on facebook um uh-huh. i kind of you know traced the steps there was a couple producers that i had been looking at and kind of like especially as i was trying to figure out how to build my business like i'd been looking at these people um you know it was uh, austin hall from the make pop music group and then mm-hmm. mark eckert and there was one other person who i'm just blanking on their name right now but i was like all right these guys are doing some really cool stuff online they're doing mostly remote production work um they're being pretty successful and so like i want to kind of look at what they're doing and see how i can assess it and then i figured out that all the people i was looking at were working with the same business coach
0: oh okay
1: um, so i ended up finding
0: him um, his name's daniel grimmett and okay. hiring
1: him to kind of help me figure
0: it out and is he mainly for music production coaching like a producer um or he does all kind of business he does a so his coaching is all in
1: like music production audio engineering type of stuff but he typically is helping you know producers mixing mastering engineers um okay figure out how to grow and develop their business online
0: okay no that's perfect yeah so i'm trying to figure out the next step too so when if someone's listening right now and they're like, okay, a business coach, how does that even work? Do you pay them like a one-time fee? Is it a weekly fee? Is it per meeting? Like, how does that work?
1: The way the way that we structured it was I did a larger upfront deposit and then paid off the rest of the total amount kind of in smaller monthly payments. Okay. Um, so that ended up working pretty well for, for me. Um okay. But I think... I think any given business coach is going to structure their business differently. And yeah. actually, I think I think um, this guy, Dan, might even structure things a little differently now than he did, you know, a year and a half ago when I signed up with him. You know, so it's like, you know, I don't want to say too much about, like, what to expect about, like, how how payment or anything like that works, but I think any business coach is going to handle it a little bit differently. Okay, um, That makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them do, you know, large deposit and then smaller payments over yeah. time, but... You know, people are going to do it differently.
0: Do you think this would um, be a good investment for someone who started their business and they won't need it to excel? The only reason I'm doing this full time is because I hired a business coach. Oh my gosh, that's pretty cool. Um,
1: I would not have been able to figure this out entirely on my own. Okay. And so.
0: That's great advice. You know, if,
1: you're, if you're at the point where you're 100% committed, mm-hmm. to where you don't, have a, <laughs> you don't have a plan B or you don't want to take your plan B. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good time to hire a business coach and okay. cause they're basically the business coach's job is to look at what you're doing and look at where you want to go and kick you in the ass until you get there.
0: Perfect. Um, that sounds like a good coach, especially yeah. for business. Cause that's going to help you actually make money and <laughs> support your family yeah. and everything.
1: Yeah. And, like, and they'll give you strategies on how to do stuff. Like, you know, this particular guy, he's specialized in helping people grow their online presence and find remote production work and get, you know, get leads through the internet. And mm-hmm. so like he taught those strategies, like he didn't, he didn't implement them for me, mm-hmm. but he was teaching them and had you yeah. know various videos and courses. And you'd get on a call and kind of talk it through and figure mm-hmm. out your branding and
0: figure out all this. I and mean, he really goes in detail on it. And it's up for you to take what he teaches you. And you're either going to be a good player on the field or you're just going <laughs> to slack and get back on the bench. So- yeah, exactly. Like he's not going to do it for you. No business coach is going to do it for
1: you. If they do it for you, to be honest, if they do it for you, I don't <laughs> think they're being a good coach because part of it is building you into the person you need to become to run. You know, if I if I wanted to have a million dollar a year production company, right now I would probably drive that company into the ground because I'm not ready to run a million dollar a year production company. Yep, if that yeah. makes sense. So no, like you the, have to grow uh, into the person. Yep. You have to grow into the person who's ready to run that, and that's part of what a business coach helps you do. Is there you know a few steps further along than you and help you see those spots and grow into the person who can actually run a bigger business.
0: Okay, well, that's great advice. So, John True, what does your current situation look like? Can you tell me about your current services and, like, what you're providing for people and kind of tell me, like, what your future looks like? Like, what are you hoping to grow into? (laughs) Yeah, um, so right now,
1: I mean, I work with uh, independent artists primarily, and so Mm I am having people who are uh, have p- normally they've put out a few records. and They may just not be happy with the results of what they've gotten before, or they just haven't found the right team. Mm-hmm. But I like working with uh, songwriters, so I can come in and really help with the arrangement and put together, you know, put together the full song. So for the most part, it's people coming to me with a song that was written on just a piano or just a guitar, mm-hmm. but then they're wanting it to become a full pop song.
0: Okay, yeah, type of thing. That so I'm makes doing,
1: sense. I'm doing kind of full service, start to finish production. I'm not really working with bands. It's not really not really the thing that I'm i'm looking for okay Um,
0: so single artists with songs and they want to turn it into a full production and you help build up their career path or yeah exactly so i you know work with them on the production and i kind of i'll
1: i take everything from start to finish through um through the initial like ideas up through mastering um i actually don't do the final mastering like i hire you know i hire things out when i need to but you know i'm you know i'm handling the whole process for them um to make sure that they're getting a final product that's great that you know awesome quality um well that's awesome yeah so i so i help them guide guide through that and then yeah i actually i do then kind of come in and help them think about ideas of marketing their music or think about how to start growing an online presence how to start getting their music out there so it ends up becoming a little more artist development whereas we're talking about like who are you as an artist what are you what are you where do you want to go like where do you want to see your music do and how can we start guiding it towards that because I think there's a big disconnect between you can have a really great record and then have no identity as an artist or no community or no anything and your music's not going to go anywhere there's just so much noise in 2020 with releasing music that if you just put your music online not much is going to happen with it and so I think that you know part of my role as the producer really has turned into artist development and helping people kind of get a bigger grasp on how to actually turn their music into a career. Um, that's part of my goals.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good field you're in right now because there's a bunch of artists out there. They just have their music, they have their songs, but no one's they don't know how to get it out there. They don't know how to develop themselves. So yeah. if you're listening and you're a musician and you're in San Diego or anywhere, because you will take on clients anywhere because of the internet and you can connect with people around the world, right? You'll help yeah, them it actually
1: I could say, I mean, right now, especially with um, the pandemic stuff, 95% of my work is remote, but even before wow. pandemic stuff, I was probably like f- at least 50-50 remote, whereas a bunch of people were, I'm not working with them in the room at the time, you know, we're doing remote sessions and, you know, uh-huh. we're, yeah, we're doing everything, you know, not in person. Um, most of the time we would come together and do like final vocals or things like that in person, but okay.
0: yeah. Wow. Yeah, most of the work, most of the work's remote. And then... So, can we just walk through one of those projects that's remote? How does that technically work? Um, yes, yeah, so the way the way that I just a quick overview. I, yeah, yeah. The way, the way that I've done it is,
1: you know, someone will send me, you know, so let's say I'm talking with an artist and they hire me to produce a song. Mm-hmm. Um, what I typically ask for is I want them to then send me send me a demo where I've got a rough vocal and a rough instrumental on separate tracks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that gives me and recorded to a click track. So I'm like I want your I want your BPM, I want your chords, and I want your melody. Um and then from there, you know, we do a lot like I spend a lot of time doing pre-production with people. Like so I really talk about where do you want to go? What kind of sounds do you like, you know, especially a first project with an artist. Like it takes a little time going back and forth. Um But what I what I do is like i i'll do a live remote production session so there's some apps that i can literally stream my audio from pro tools live to the artist Mm -hmm. and so they just put on some headphones and we get on skype or zoom or facetime or any of those and you know i'm working on sounds working on crafting their song while they're listening and giving input live um and then yes and then we kind of so yeah, so we'll we'll go through pre production, we'll make sure we're getting the sounds right, we'll make sure we're getting the arrangement right, we'll make sure the dynamic flows right. Um and then once we kind of have all that in line, then we'll you know do the do the actual final recordings.
0: Um, and then do you um who does the final who does the recordings? Like who plays the instruments? Do you play the instruments? Do you go find artists to play the instruments? How does that work? Um I play most of the instruments except for guitars. Okay.
1: Um and if something needed like most of what I'm doing doesn't need it, but if something needed live drums,
0: I'd have someone else do that. Too. Okay, so it's um, mostly electronic. Yeah, it's pop music, so electronic drums and synth- yeah. synthesizers and okay, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so in general, I won't I won't play guitars. You don't want to hear me play guitar yeah. on a record. Um, but if someone wants guitar, you you have guitars who yeah. will come in and record their guitar tracks.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty much any yeah pretty much any instrument that I need recorded, I've got enough of a you know enough of a community of people that i can just reach out and get someone to come and do yeah that instrument for me
0: okay um, well that makes complete sense yeah so i mean you got kind of the, the
1: arrangement stuff is good yeah so we go through go through the arrangement we go through you know hire out any instrumentals that we need to hire um things like that and then go you know, enter into after we get the final vocals we we'll enter into post-production and you know mixing and mastering type stuff and then do you you mix it or do you send that out sometimes it's dependent on the project a little bit. Um, in general, I'm doing a lot of the mixing, um, but I have hired out mixing either when I haven't had the time to do it or when it's been something where I really felt that someone else was going to do a stronger mix on it than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that kind of is up in the air a little bit, but in general,
0: I'd say yeah. I'm doing most of the mixing. And then you'll send, after the final mix, you send it out to mastering and then yeah. the publishing and releasing, and then that's when you start the, the marketing and helping the artist grow.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I actually, I start the kind of conversation about marketing and artist development even during like our pre-production phase. So I'm kind of starting planting those seeds early because that stuff takes time to germinate. You know, if you're trying to release a song, but you don't have an understanding of who you are as an artist, I think you're, you know, you're,
0: you haven't quite done things in the proper order, you know? (laughs) Wow, John, that process is, it sounds like a great process that you've, you've developed and, that is amazing. And if there's any musicians out here listening, and you're in the San Diego or anywhere, and you're just a <laughs> singer-songwriter, and you need to develop, and you specifically work with people who want to develop their pop genre, or what kind of artists are you looking for?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Normally I say, I'll tell people that I'm working, you know, most of my work is kind of uh, in the pop or alternative genres, typically a little bit on the darker, moodier side. Okay. Um, I don't know yeah. if that's just just kind of ends up being the people that i'm
0: working with a lot can you give um, it a couple examples of some artists in the uh, pop culture with the same sound that you typically work with
1: yeah i mean kind of billy eilish is a huge one in that world but then like lana del rey with a little more orchestral type elements also um
0: that type of stuff um oh, okay that makes complete sense now
1: yeah but then also like doing things more along the lines of like m83 or kind of more of the alternative synth driven rocks type uh, stuff yeah is, so those are kind of the two groups of people that I typically find myself working with. Mm-hmm. Um, is either people doing kind of like more synth-driven alternative stuff, kind of, again, think like Phantogram, M83, Mute Math, especially yep. the later stuff. Yep. Um, okay. That that type of stuff, or kind of more the kind of darker,
0: darker pop side of things tend to be a little bit it. Yeah, well, that paints a perfect picture. And is there anything else you want to say? Like anything at all like about your services or do you have any advice for those who are trying to up and come and start their own business um as far as far as my services i mean
1: i'm just always happy to talk with people i think that's the uh, actually i'm just gonna say it's kind of the same advice for whether you're (laughs) looking for services or you know trying to build a business it's all about relationships um i don't even remember where the quote initiated from because i should have sourced it but um i heard a heard a good one a while back on a podcast that just said um you know it's it's not about your roi it's about your ror your uh so not return on investment but your return on relationships yeah um and i think it's just so important to just talk with people and so mm-hmm. that's you know it's a huge way part of how i've built up a business it's the people i work with it tends to be you know they're people i enjoy talking to there are mm-hmm. people who have you know you and i met over facebook messenger and that's the same way i meet most of the people i work with okay yeah um is over Facebook Messenger. You just, just reach out. a conversation, then if it seems like there's someone I can help, we'll get on the phone. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, just trying to, I'm always looking for people I
0: can help. That's amazing. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today and telling us your story and giving us all those tips and tricks about life. And if anyone's interested, please go check out John's website at johntruemusic.com. And I just want to thank everyone for listening and stay tuned for next week where we have some more great interviews and we're going to learn more and more about what it's like to be a musician and an audio engineer and what it takes to do that to, be, to make a living in today's world. All righty, John, thank you so much. All righty, you have a good day. Thank you. All righty, peace out, everyone. Bye.
2: Crystal chords behind my mind's third eye. say